You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Okay, Mary, uh, let's imagine you're a Democrat. Well, we don't have to imagine you are. <laughs> but, but let's imagine you're a Democratic senator. And you're in the minority in the Senate right now. Uh, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and all the boys have decided they are going to jam through their nominee for the Supreme Court in the next week, it sounds like. Week, week and a half. It's going to be very, very quick. And you can sit there uh, and just kind of watch it, right? Is there anything you can do? Nothing. Nope. Okay, so, and that concludes our broadcast for today. <laughs> there is nothing the Democrats can do. I mean, there's nothing they can do to stop it, but I do think, since it's going to happen, the Democrats should use it as a platform to help the American people um, to the extent that anybody watches it, and probably not that many people do, um, but at least for the purpose of sound bites to remind people about the Republican project to pack the courts and meaning that there's nine spaces and they've engineered six of them with very conservative individuals. And the project first and foremost is to overturn the line of cases that um, culminates with Roe but is basically that created the right to privacy that doesn't otherwise exist in the constitution. That's really been their project. Whoa, these, you know, 40, 50 year, how, how long, when is Roe 72, right? Uh, so, yeah. January 73. Okay. So, so 72. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's been the project and I think they're seeing the realization of that project. And I did hear the other day, I'm trying to remember who it was, uh, Senator Kuhn maybe, was uh, being interviewed about what's the imperative, why does this have to be done before the election? And he said the pressure from the money that the conservative religious money is so extreme because they see it within grasp. And if they don't do this before November 3rd, they see it slipping away. And they may never have that chance again. No, and I want to put this in context. I'm going to talk in terms of, of Catholic uh, moral theology, the Catholic view. But you could apply this easily to fundamentalist Christians, to a number of, of other, other groups. Uh, and I think it can help to understand why this urgency is is there there is uh, a concept in catholic moral theology that certain acts aquinas actually calls them objects uh that within a moral action the object is the thing you actually did and let me give a quick example you would not say that the object was you murdered somebody because murder actually is a moral judgment on what you did. You say that, you know, this person used a gun to take the other person's life. That's the object. Now, 
that object, even though it may seem heinous, might be right or wrong. If I just go out and I take a gun, I don't like somebody, I shoot them. My intention, the reason I did that, just made that wrong. But for instance, if I was defending my family or I'm fighting in the military and I'm defending my platoon, my intention may have made that object not only morally neutral, it may have made it right. And so this idea of what the intention and the circumstances are is very important. But there is a big exception. There are certain objects that are considered intrinsically evil. And what that means is no good intention, no circumstances, no nothing can change an intrinsically evil object. And by definition, for Catholic theology, taking the life of a defenseless, uh, vulnerable human being is intrinsically evil, and therefore, no, in, uh, no intention, for instance, to spare a woman uh, the tremendous harm and moral, moral or uh, mental harm or incense, no intention can make it right. Now, I'm giving you a really long story here to say, you can imagine that if there is uh, an action going on, abortion, that is considered to be intrinsically evil and in their mind is happening on a broad scale, then there can be no greater moral imperative. So now we're past the idea of just it's politically necessary. We are now at a moral imperative to remove an intrinsic evil. And that says not only can no intention make it right, but no circumstance should keep us from making that happen. If that means we got to jam through uh, a nomination in the next week, that's what it means. So does, does that make sense? It does, but um, it, it does make me think about something that I've wondered about <laughs> and talked about all these years. But in that view of the universe, there can be no exceptions either to for abortion because that has never made sense to me. If you don't support abortion, if you think abortion is immoral, then it doesn't matter how the woman is impregnated. Is that right? That's right. There absolutely can be no exception. There can be no intention, uh, not for rape, not for incest. And I know this is difficult, not even for the health of the mother. Now, there's a, another moral a circumstance called the doctrine of double effect that I probably don't want to get lots in now that says if a woman has cancer on her uterus, but she is pregnant, and if I remove that cancer, then I'm going to have the effect of aborting. Double effect says I can do something where I do not intend an effect, but I can foresee it. For instance, dropping the atom bomb on Hiroshima I did not intend to kill 100,000 people, but I could foresee that it was going to, going to happen. Now, you may think this is specious medieval logic, and it may be, but it comes back to what you just asked. No, in the Catholic moral view, there can be no exception and no reason why an abortion ever happens. So if, if that's what she believes, and I think all this, like you're being anti-Catholic is not fair because that is, it, it's not a fair way to approach her nomination because 
if that is true for her, then she has no um, choice but to overturn Roe. She doesn't have a choice. And it's not because she's a Catholic, her particular religion. It's because that's a deeply held moral belief for which she has to answer to when she meets her maker. Is that right? Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And I'm going to put one more element in in this, a general belief, but a very important Catholic belief. We must answer to our conscience. And it is Catholic belief, this black letter law in Catholicism, that your conscience is the absolute rule and that even you must answer to your conscience even above the Pope. So if your conscience guides you and the Pope, the church, anything else says it, you, you must answer to that. Now, we're in a difficult spot here, right? Because I understand that she's going to say, and I think she's going to mean, no, my highest authority is the Constitution. I would have to say, you know, Justice uh, Barrett, I'm not sure that's true. Isn't your conscience your highest authority? And if she is truthful, she would have to say yes. And if her conscience tells her that a soul has entered at the moment of conception, which is also Catholic belief, a unique human person then exists, not just a life, not just an organism, but a unique human person whose soul will endure, will live forever, then taking that life is absolutely morally wrong. And if she were to rule in such a way that allowed that to go on, she is then complicit to evil. And compl- being complicit to evil is the moral equivalent to doing it yourself. So the, I, to me, this feels like a very fair conversation to have. It's difficult. It's nuanced. And I don't think anybody on that committee has the capacity to do that or the courage to do it. But No. And you know why? Because I wrote them and I said, guys, if you want me to sit in and do some questioning... <laughs> I am retired now. My time is yours. You tell me. Send send me an air. Heck, I'll buy my own airline ticket. I'll be there. But it's, but I think it's fair for American people to know that because the majority of Americans don't agree with that. And one of the things that she said in her opening statement that was released was that these are decisions that should be made by the political body, not the courts. I can even get there. I can understand why elected officials reflecting the will of the majority should be making those decisions rather than the courts. And I understand the the troubling way that those decisions, not just abortion, but birth control, how, how the, the, um, the court at the time struggled a little bit to create the right to privacy. Nonetheless, um, right now, the world we live in, it's the court that has said this right exists. It's a constitutional right. And legislatures don't have the right to take it away from people. That's what the courts do. Because the other issue, as you were talking about, that I wanted to ask you about was, is the same true about gay marriage or gay sex or whatever it is that's objectionable about that. I mean, my, my understanding of Catholicism is you hate the sin and not the sinner. So 
you're gay, you're gay, you just can't engage in a gay relationship. You, can, you cannot engage in a gay relationship. And this, folks are going to think I'm making this up. It's absolutely the case. Being homosexual, uh, having same-sex attraction, by the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is termed to be disordered. That's the word. Now, what that comes from is the idea of natural law, that there is a natural order to things, and you're out of line with that. Now, that has softened in the idea that we should not violate their rights, rights we should have respect. But there's a logical uh, inconsistency in the Catholic belief. When I say it is okay for you to be gay, but by the way, take away part of what it means to be human, which is to be a sexual being. You're not allowed to, to do that. The idea collapses. And so there is, although there is not the strength of intrinsic evil that there is in the case of abortion, there is still a very deep feeling that this is according to natural law. And remember, natural law is the revelation of God in Catholic belief. One revelation is the scripture, but this revelation is God created the world in a way. And I mean, to be real frank about it, the belief is God created the male with the penis, the woman with the, if we could say the word vagina, and those two are complementary. And so that's the way it ought to work. And that's at the core of this, this thing. And I want to comment real quickly. I want to get back to you. You said the word nuance before. And I want to stress something. People think that what we're talking about when we criticize uh, Justice Barrett is, well, she'll follow the rules of, that the Vatican gives her, the Pope. That's not it at all. The Pope is not going to send her any rules on how to do that. It's not a question of following the rules and laws of the Catholic Church. It is a question of following the natural law theology, which goes beyond the church into a position of divine revelation. And that's different. That's when it's it, honestly, I mean, so being raised Catholics and you've been deeper in it because you were teaching theology. But I think we understand this as being raised as what is derisively termed as um, cafeteria Catholics meaning that we picked and choose from our Catholic theology. And, you know, the world that Amy Coney Barrett grew up in, they saw that, this is my understanding from reading and knowing folks like her, they saw our view of Catholicism as the wrong view. Like, you buy the whole enchilada or don't buy it at all. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience of having, I, the parish I belong to is a Jesuit parish, so they're a whole different thing. But priests would say, if you're going to be a cafeteria Catholic, you don't belong here. You go, you go yeah. become a Presbyterian or something. But that's not how we play. Yeah, yeah. Get into this all, all the way. And that goes back to, I'm sorry, I'm going on and on with philosophy, but I'd say this. You know, the basic premise is, if there is a God, if you accept that, and if you believe that that God is moral, that is that the God has a real sense of some things are right and some things are wrong. And finally, you believe that God has revealed that morality, then you must accept that that revelation is right because where's the flaw in the logic going back? 
And so you cannot cafeteria. Right. And I mean, that's the world we grew up in. That's what we understand. And that's what maybe that sounds nuanced to people. But I don't believe that that committee can get that explained to the American people about what the objection is to her. I'm sure she's a great person. I her, I don't disrespect for her beliefs at all. But should she be in the position to, in a sense, be making public policy for the rest of the country that doesn't believe what she believes? And that is what we're going to do this week, John. We'll probably talk about this again and again and again. Well, we are. And I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, man, I have got to run. I just saw my caller ID. Senator Diane Feinstein is <laughs> calling me. I, oh, okay, Bye. I got to run, Mary. Talk to you later. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.